welcome to our Kingdom Culture Podcast. For today's message, we are thankful for what God is doing through this podcast to encourage and transform lives around the world. If you have a story to share about how God has encouraged or transformed your life through this podcast, we would love to hear about it by emailing us at mystory@kingdomculture.ca. If you would like to support this ministry financially to help us bring messages like this to you every week, you can do so online at kingdomculture.ca at the give option. We also would love to connect with you on our social media, on Instagram and Twitter at KC Ottawa and Facebook at Facebook slash Kingdom Culture Ottawa. We pray that you would experience God today and be encouraged through today's message. Enjoy. Hey, Kingdom Culture family. Wow. I want to encourage us to continue to pray that we would see a victory in and through this season. Thank you so much to the worship team. We love to be able to have moments like these where we can worship together. Hey, Kingdom Culture family, welcome, welcome. So great to see you this morning. I wanna welcome all of our community that's online with us today. Make sure you engage in the chat as well. If you're new with us for the first time, say hi, let us know where you're from. We'd love to get to know you. Thank you for stopping by. Our prayer for you is that you would experience the transforming power of Jesus today in a powerful way. Well, as you probably just saw just moments earlier, uh, how we were able to designate the House of Hearts offering, I want to say a special thank you again, and we're excited for 2021 and all that God is going to do. And as I've said over the last several weeks, we launched a series called Heart Seasons, and this is sort of in preparation towards the end of 2020, but more specifically, preparing the heart for what God wants to do December 13th for our next House of Hearts Sunday, sacrificial year-end offering. So pray with us. Let's believe for great things in the coming year. So I want to pick it up today as we dive into our third week, yes, our third week of our Heart Seasons series. I hope that you've all been encouraged by what's come out over the last several weeks. My encouragement to you is always to chew on the word. Like whatever word uh, is shared Sunday to Sunday, my prayer is that the Holy Spirit would really cause you to digest and chew on the word throughout the week, applying the word, seeing how the word maybe exposes parts of our life for the purpose of transforming our life from the inside out. So I want to encourage you as we dive into week three to open your heart, open your mind as God continues to unveil to us the various heart seasons that we may be going through for the purpose of transformation. So let's dive into week three of our heart seasons series. And I want to continue to open it up for those of you that are maybe here with us for the first time with the foundational scripture that we're building this whole series on called Heart Seasons out of Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. Above all else, watch over your heart, diligently guard it, because from a sincere and pure heart come the good and noble things of life. The other translation that I want to read out of the message says it like this, keep vigilant, watch over your heart. That's where life starts. Don't talk out both sides of your mouth. Avoid careless banter, white lies, and gossip. Keep your eyes straight ahead. Ignore all sideshow distractions. Watch your step, and the road will stretch out smooth before you. Look neither right nor left. Leave evil 
in the dust. The core of this scripture is all about guarding your heart diligently, guarding your heart with vigilance, guarding your heart, protecting it as a prison ward would protect a prison. That is the type of protection and defense we are to have over our heart from allowing things to come in and allowing certain things to come out. You know, and it talks about, and if you read it in other translations like I just did out of the message, it really nails this idea down that the heart is connected to the mouth. I mean, that's why it says in Romans 10, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, that he was raised from the dead on the third day. What happens? Transformation. Well, the same thing from a negative sense. What you speak is a reflection of what's in your heart. We've read this in Matthew several weeks ago, that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. It says in Matthew 15 that it's not what comes into a man that defiles him, it's what comes out of a man that defiles him. Speaking of from the heart comes evil, immorality, and slander. And so, as I've just mentioned in Proverbs 4, to guard the heart is to control the tongue. It is simply a reflection of what's in the heart. So, so important as we dive into week three of our Heart Seasons series. Now, week one, I talked about seasons of isolation. And in week two, I talked about seasons of pressure. And these are some of the various seasons that the heart goes through when God is transforming our lives within. Now, before I mention where we want to spiritually travel today, I want to read this passage that actually is a continuation of the storyline I began in week one titled Heart Exposure, talking about seasons of isolation. When Elijah exited that season of isolation, if you haven't heard it, I'd encourage you to go back to week one. When he exited that season of isolation and pressure, he entered into a whole new one. So I want to read out of 1 Kings, continuing on that storyline, chapter 19, verse 19, out of the New King James Version. Listen to what it says. So he departed from there, Elijah, and found Elisha, or Elisha, the son of Shaphat, who was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen before him, and he was with the 12th. Then Elijah passed by him, Elisha, and threw his mantle on him. And he left the oxen and ran after Elijah and said, Please let me kiss my father and my mother, and then I will follow you. And he said to him, Go back again? For what have I done to you? So Elisha turned back from him and took a yoke of oxen and slaughtered them and boiled their flesh using the oxen's equipment and gave it to the people and they ate. Then he arose and followed Elijah and became his servant. So if you're taking notes today, today's message is caught, not taught, talking about seasons of opportunity. Seasons of opportunity. We talked about seasons of isolation and seasons of pressure. Now week three, we're talking about seasons of opportunity and how they're caught and not taught. Let me pray. God, I pray that today everyone watching would catch and grab a hold of this season of opportunity that's presented itself to all of us. I pray that none of us in this season would miss the opportunity that stands in front of us. Whatever it is, whether it's for family, whether it's for relationships, whether it's for career, 
Whatever it is, whether it's in our relationship with you solely and only that, whatever the case may be, I pray that we would see what's in front of us as an opportunity, not an obstacle. God, I'm asking for wisdom. I'm asking for transformation. Holy Spirit, I'm asking for a shift in our attitude and our perspective of everything that's swirling around us in the name of Jesus. I'm asking God for personal breakthrough and I'm asking for breakthrough in our relationships and those that we are connected to through what you wanna do today in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm sure you've heard this statement before. It's not a new statement that there are things that we simply cannot learn. There are things that simply cannot just be taught. There are things in life that have to be caught. And I believe that the greatest breakthroughs in life that we experience are more often caught than taught. And these breakthroughs often come in the form of opportunities presented to us. Or in other words, connecting it to the scripture, thrown at us. This season has literally thrown the greatest of opportunities at us that we've probably ever had the opportunity to face. It's, I've said it before, it's the hardest of seasons, but it's also the greatest of seasons. And in every hard season, it's always a heart season. We can't repeat that enough. When it's hard, let's look at what's happening in the heart. That's what this series really is all about. It's called Heart Seasons for a Reason because for many of you watching, in some way, it feels like a really hard season. But I want to shape shift your perspective today from just looking at everything around you as an obstacle and seeing it as an opportunity and catching it as an opportunity because we can't just be taught that this is an opportunity and expect to lean into it. We have to catch it. We gotta grab a hold of it. We gotta embrace it and then learn as we go. It says in verse 19, Elijah passed by Elisha or Elisha and threw his mantle on him. He threw, that mantle represented an opportunity for Elisha to fulfill his purpose. That mantle represented not an obstacle, but an opportunity. But if he had known, if Alicia had known all the things that would happen after, he would have seen it as simply probably an obstacle, a hard thing, a challenging thing, a trial-oriented season of his life. But in that moment, he recognized the opportunity that was in front of him and he forsook it all. He left it all to follow Elijah, knowing that this opportunity was going to produce something so great on the inside of him that was connected to the fulfillment of his purpose and his call over his life. Now, we are playing catch all the time with opportunities. Sometimes we don't catch it because sometimes we're just not ready for the opportunity because opportunities are always passing us by. You know that? It's like Elijah. He was passing by Elisha and he threw the mantle. I want to suggest, I want to propose that opportunities are always passing by you, but the ones that are thrown on you, they're thrown on you because someone, someone out there, someone around you, or let's just say someone above knows that you're capable of managing it, that you're capable of stewarding it, that you're capable with his strength to steward the opportunity to turn it into something that connects to your future purpose. Like I said, life is always 
throwing us opportunity. And the question's always this, are you accepting it or are you rejecting it? Are you accepting it? Are you embracing it? Are you seeing this season during this pandemic as an opportunity to grow sides of your life? that maybe never had an opportunity before to grow? Or are you rejecting it because it's painful? Are you running from it? It's easier to run from something than it is to run towards something. It's a lot easier to run from something because when you run towards something, you have to face all kinds of challenges that will make you want to give up, that will make you want to quit. But because you can see the opportunity ahead, it's worth it. It's worth the race. It's worth the run. These, off, these opportunities have a way of imparting something that we never asked for, good or maybe even bad, or maybe we did ask for it subconsciously, but not necessarily wanted it the way that it came. Opportunities come to those who are ready for it. Key word being ready. What readies us? Let's list a few things that ready us for opportunities in life. Being in the right place at the right time. Being positioned in stewardship? Are you managing? Are you stewarding what you currently have? Are you faithful with what you currently have? Or are you willing to sacrifice what you currently have at the expense of believing that whatever's next is better? Sometimes we miss out on life and what is better because we sacrifice what we currently have prematurely. Or how about this being faithful with what we have, being loyal to what's in front of us, or being just simply open and available. Some of us reject opportunity because our hearts are not open and available. We want to catch the God opportunities that get thrown our way, not just the good opportunities. Like I said, there's good opportunities always passing us by. I want, I believe you want, the God opportunities. The God opportunities are the opportunities that are directly in line and in connection with your future and your purpose. Maybe it's that new job, that new position, that new responsibility at work, that new relationship, that new potential client, that new house, that new thing. We have to learn to find ways to lean into God, to learn how to see the God opportunities and distinguish them from the good opportunities. Remember, the greatest seasons of life are often the hardest seasons. I feel like I cannot say this enough in this season of life. I, man, I not only do I choose to see this season as the greatest of seasons, even though it's hard, even though there are things that I miss, there are things that are challenging, it's more draining in some way, but there are so many good things coming out of this season and that will continue to come out of this season as long as I lean in to embrace all that God has and what he's throwing at us. Like I said, you know, when God throws us opportunities, what he's doing is he's actually throwing impartation onto us. This is what impartation does. This is what, you know, and I, I'm not saying that God it, it did this pandemic. I'm just saying that through this pandemic, through this season, God is allowing us and enabling us to pull something great from it because it's an opportunity that stands before us to shape shift our destiny and our future. And maybe you can relate to this because something has been thrown on you recently in the workplace, maybe with your relationships, maybe in your career, something new has occurred. It's been thrown on you. You didn't ask for it, or maybe you did subconsciously, and now it's come 
but maybe it didn't come, like I said, in the way that you wanted it to come. What if you were just to see that as an opportunity and lean into it? I bet you there would be an impartation from heaven, a new deposit in your life that would establish you at even a higher level. You know, it says in Romans 1 verse 11, Paul said this, for I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift so that you may be established. The purpose of impartation, which I would say often is the purpose of opportunity, is so that God can establish us at a higher level. God could stabilize us at a greater level. That impartation, what it does is it put something in us that wasn't there before so we can come up higher to fulfill what God has for us. Let me ask you a question. What if some of what feels are the greatest obstacles in front of you are absolutely and actually some of the greatest opportunities for you? Think about that over and over again. Think about every obstacle right now that you face. What if it's some of the greatest opportunity? What if what was thrown on you like I said, you didn't ask for, but could it be that that thing is some of the greatest, is the greatest setup for some of the greatest opportunities that you will experience in your life, which really initiates some of the greatest breakthroughs? Well, Alicia had this incredible opportunity in front of him. An opportunity was thrown on him. It was an initiation of the greatest impartation of his leadership that he would have had and was imperative to his life call. It was the beginning of an incredible impartation. What is impartation? Like I said in Romans 1.11, it's to establish you at a higher level to elevate and promote who you are and where you're called to go. So Alicia had this opportunity. He received this mantle. It was a sign. It was a sign that something was connected to his destiny and this man, Elijah. There was an impartation. And as we see in 2 Kings chapter 2, which I will show you later on, it was all about him getting a double portion of Elijah's spirit. It was all about an inheritance. It was all about an impartation where it would allow Elisha to do even more than Elijah did. It was the plan of succession. It was the plan of inheritance. And so we'll dive into that a little bit more as we go. But I wanted to say this, and I remember a time where I was in Newfoundland, Canada. They have some of the craziest uh, names probably in all of Canada that named their cities and townships. And I was out there ministering and we went by this one area, this one city, this one little township called Come By Chance. It was called Come By Chance. This is one of many, many weird names in Newfoundland that you will see. Come By Chance. And I was thinking to myself, in, in our purpose and in life, we never come to our purpose by chance. We come to it by destiny. We don't come by chance, we come by destiny. It wasn't by chance that Alicia was there and, and, you know, doing his own thing, minding his business, you know, working with the oxen. It wasn't by chance that Elijah passed by him and threw his mantle. No, it was because God had appointed Elisha. God had called Elijah to go find this guy plowing in his fields and throw on this mantle as a sign that there was something greater for him. There was an opportunity that sometimes would feel like an obstacle, but that it would set him up for his future. And in seasons of opportunity, there are three three, I believe, variables that I want to highlight that help us leverage the opportunities thrown at us. Number one, we have to see into it. 
write that down. We have to see into it. If we're going to leverage the opportunities and not just see them as obstacles, if we're going to leverage these moments, if we're going to leverage these moments where life is throwing at us something that we can either accept or we can reject, we have to see into it, see through it in what God is wanting us to see. So number one, see into it. Often you will be called out when you least expect it. So the calling doesn't come or the initiation doesn't come or the opportunity doesn't come necessarily when you want it. It comes when you're ready for it. And often when you're ready for it is not actually when you feel you're ready for it. What I mean by that is there is a divine person named Jesus who sees what you're capable of before you ever see it. It happened to everybody. We can read it in scripture. I mean, Moses fought his call. So many people throughout his scripture, Jeremiah felt he was too young. Timothy felt he was too young. So many people, Paul was a murderer of Christians. I mean, all these people throughout history that changed the world felt somehow illegitimate or ill-equipped to fulfill the life call on their life. But God saw something within that was capable of stewarding and handling it even before they ever did themselves. So it comes when you least expect it. It comes when you least expect it. Let me read uh, 1 Kings chapter 19 again, verse 19. So we departed from there and found Elisha, son of Shaphat, who was plowing with his 12 yoke of oxen before him. And he was with the 12. Then Elijah passed by him and threw his mantle on him. And he left the oxen and ran after Elijah. There was something in Elisha. I don't know what it was, but he knew that in this moment, I mean, there was obviously a recognition and a realization and an awareness of what this mantle represented. Here's this prophet, this well-known prophet of God that's Really, you know, the word is spread about Elijah all around the area, all around the regions. And here Elisha is doing his thing, doing his business. Kind of like the disciples were when they were fishing. And here comes along Jesus. They had heard the reports of this rabbi that was doing amazing things or that was the coming Messiah. And here, here Elisha is, is plowing, doing his thing. And Elijah comes on, throws this opportunity on him, a sign of the impartation that was going to come to Elisha. And without flinching, Alicia runs after him. Let me say this to you. When opportunity goes walking, you need to go running. When something passes you by and you can see into it, don't complicate it. Run after it. Go after that opportunity. Seize it. Hold on to it. Believe that something is going to come from it. He was plowing in his field, minding his own business, and bam, this is what God did. Do what you do best and let God take care of the rest. I can't say it enough. When you're minding your own business, doing your thing, working your field, stewarding what God's put in front of you, that is the time when the opportunities come the most because God sees that you're ready, you're capable, you're managing what he's given you. Moses was taking care of the sheep for Jethro, his father-in-law, for 40 years, and bam, Fire shows up in a bush and God calls Moses at the age of 80. David taking care of the sheep on the hilltop and in one moment called out of that moment to fight Goliath and begin the initiation process of his kingship. Paul riding on a horse 
totally deceived as he murdered Christians and bam, bad, I mean, bad example, but God calls him. He was ready. Something, I mean, and here's the thing with Paul, interestingly enough, is that Paul was able to have incredible, powerful impact with the Jews because he was the most religious of them all. So even though he did bad things, it was like in that moment, God is so redemptive. God said, okay, I'm going to meet you where you're at and turn all the things that you did that were bad, and I'm going to make you even more powerful because of it. Alicia, same thing, working his deal, working, minding his own business, and bam, he gets called. Now, I want to say this because this is something that's been a core of my journey a core belief or a core storyline um, experience of my journey. I I was a drummer. I never thought that I was going to be doing what I'm doing. I never thought that I was going to be speaking behind a mic, let alone pastoring a church, leading a uh, itinerant organization. I never thought that that would be something in the cards for me. I thought I was going to be a full-time musician, drumming. That's what I was doing. I was comfortable, comfortable being behind the scenes. And I remember I was 19 years old and I was playing drums at a worship conference, 19 years old. I had only been walking with Jesus now for uh, uh, less than a year, 11 months to be exact. And I remember it was, it was in August of that year, I was playing drums at a conference. Once again, I'm a background guy. I don't speak behind a mic. I used to always say to all my friends, I will never speak behind a mic. It just wasn't my thing. I was literally about to apply to go across the world to study music. And so I had it in my cards to do all of that. And uh, I'd been studying with this one teacher, for example, for, for several years at this point. And so I was ready. I was preparing myself. And then in one moment, I remember at this conference, this guest speaker came in that was based out of uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota. And he came in and he was speaking. I never knew who he was, never heard of him. And he was speaking. I remember like being intrigued by his story because he would take teams down to Mardi Gras every year in New Orleans, the big party that happens every year in around February. And um, he would take teams down there to just love on people, spread, you know, the, the power and the good news of the gospel of Jesus and just praying for the sick, doing incredible things down there, loving those that were just down and out, poor, needed help, those that were in need. And it was inspiring to me. And I thought this was kind of cool, you know, but didn't think anything much more of that. And through a series of events during this worship conference that I was playing drums at, God began to speak to me. God began to open my mind to tell me there's more for what he had for me. There's more than just music. It wasn't just about the music. And I started to get kind of like nervous because I'm like, God, I just don't feel like I have what it takes. I'm not a communicator. I don't speak. This is really scary to me. And I remember I had this experience on a dock, on a dock during this weekend by myself. And it was one of the first times I could ever say this was 11 months into my journey with God. And God called me son. Something about that. I don't know what it was. God called me son. He said the word son and a whole bunch of other things. But I, my, my ears and my spirit landed on that one word. And something broke in me. And I began to bawl my eyes out. And it was in that place where I kind of turned and shifted my attention and said, God, I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's music. I don't care if it's doing the things that I feel like I can't do. I'm all in. I'm surrendering to the process. I want what you want for my life. And it was about, I think it was about a day and a half later at the end of the event, at the end of the conference, I was getting my drums packed up and I said to God, I said, if I'm supposed to like 
do something, or if I'm supposed to like go with this guy or travel with this guy, even though at that point I had no concept of what interning meant or what mentoring really was, I was still very new. I said to God, I was in my car, my drums were all packed up. I was literally about to leave. I said, God, you gotta give me a sign. You spoke to me, said, you know, I, I want you to do what I want you to do. And even if it wasn't music, I was willing. And I said to God in the car, I said, if the guy, if the, the, the speaker that had been speaking at the conference walks by and around my car and knocks on my door and asks me to come with him, I'll take that as a sign that you're changing the direction of my life from what I thought I was gonna do to what you really want me to do. And literally I had the key in the ignition about to pull out of the parking lot the last day of the event and the, the speaker comes by my car, walks around my car, knocks on my door and says, what are you doing for the next nine months? <laughs> I said, uh, I don't know. I mean, I have a job, you know, I'm in a relationship. I have stuff going on. I don't know. And uh, he said, I'd like you to come move to Minneapolis and travel with me around uh, North America and Central America as an intern. And I just knew that I knew, even though I had no idea what that meant, it was like in that moment, this mantle was thrown on me. In that moment, this opportunity was thrown on me. I didn't necessarily ask for it, I was just open to it. I'd been stewarding what God had given me, music, I'd been stewarding it, going down that road. I was about, I was preparing to go to the next step and God interrupted that moment and said, you're ready, Sean, you're ready. And I had no idea what that meant. You gotta understand, I was, you know, in a very different culture in Ottawa, going to now uh, uh, a mega church culture in Minneapolis, Minnesota, the whole environment was totally different. It was a massive learning curve for me. And so I quit my job three weeks later, you know, severed a bunch of ties that I had commitments to. I had a whole schedule of, of uh, music dates that had been scheduled, canceled all of that, left it all. And the cool thing was that I had saved all kinds of money with the jobs that I'd been working for years up until that point. And it was exactly what I needed to pay all of my expenses for those nine months that I was living in uh, the US. I left three weeks later from that point. I accepted it, ran after, kind of like what Alicia did, ran after this guy. I knew that my purpose was connected to what was in him and to what he had just um, thrown on me as an opportunity. I knew there was an impartation. And this is really the core of why I'm so passionate about messages like this is because I feel like there's so much opportunity in front of us that we miss because we're afraid of what it might be or we're afraid of what it might look like. Like in this pandemic season, we might be afraid of, of what happens if I do this and then I, I fail in this or I have to give up this to grab a hold of this and there's fear attached to that or whatever the case may be for you. What if it doesn't work out and what if this relationship doesn't work out? And I just feel like I wanna encourage you today to step out of the boat, watch, what it looks like to walk on water. You'll never know what it looks like to walk on water until you get out of the boat of comfort and inconvenience and walk on water. I wanna just thank God that in that moment, I didn't miss the moment because everything that I am today, everything that I'm doing today for the most part is a direct result of that one decision I made to leave everything in Ottawa 
and moved to Minneapolis, Minnesota. An intern with this amazing individual and his wife and travel around North America with them and Central America, what they poured into me is, an, is still producing fruit to this day. There was an impartation that was given to me. And yes, it was directly connected to the man, to the woman that I was walking with because they had something to give me that I didn't have, that I needed from them. Now you could say, well, it's not about man, it's not about woman, it's about God, of course, but God puts people in our lives to help take us to the next level. This is how it was through every, uh, 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 through all scripture, we can see it and the connection and the power behind relationship. You can't do it alone. But if you miss these moments, if I had missed that moment, I, I would not be doing, I don't believe what I am doing today, the way that I'm doing it. It's changed my life. And I, I would have missed the greatest introduction, I believe, to my calling and to what God had for me. But it doesn't come without a great process. Write this down. Great process always equals great purpose. Great process always equals great purpose. And within every opportunity, is hidden a promise. And in that promise is hidden a provision for whatever it is that you need to fulfill the call of God over your life. When you serve the purposes of God through the opportunities presented to you, God breaks in so you can break out so that those around you can experience breakthrough. These moments that we seize, these moments that we embrace, these moments that we catch, not just learn about, it's not just enough to learn out of a book, but moments like these, being at the right place at the right time, being around the right people in the right season, when we catch and embrace these moments, it, it, it does something in us to give us the breakthrough that we need so others around us can have that breakthrough. Now, let me just rewind a little bit because Elisha, even though he didn't fully grasp probably what was happening to him, Alicia, sorry, didn't grasp what was happening to him when this mantle was thrown on him, um, he must have saw something because he must have been connecting. There was something. He was, he was aligning his purpose with this moment somehow. But rewind because this was an instruction given to Elijah, his mentor in 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 16. God said to Elijah, you shall anoint Jehu, the son of Nimshi, as king over Israel, and Elisha, the son of Shaphat, of Abel-Meholah, you shall anoint as prophet in your place. This mantle represented succession. It represented inheritance. It represented a double portion and elevating the successor at a higher level. This elevated that Elijah knew that he had to find someone to stand in his place because there would come a time when Elijah would go and he was called to leave his mantle, called to leave an inheritance behind for the next generation. Now, God had a plan for Elisha. This is pictured, as, I believe, as the church. Jesus is the head of his church who is the body we are the body of Christ on the earth. We have been anointed in the place of Jesus metaphorically to take what he has put on us and do even greater things. How do I know that? John 14 verse 12, Jesus said, I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I am going to be with the Father. Jesus anointed his church to be the acting ambassadors and representations of who he is on the earth. 
He left the Holy Spirit as the greatest inheritance of all. The Holy Spirit who would make Jesus known to us and known to the world. It's kind of a picture. God said to Elijah, anoint someone in your place that's going to do double what you've done. God said to Jesus, when you leave, you're going to anoint and leave the Holy Spirit as the anointing on the body of Christ, your body, to do what you've done and even greater. It's a picture of the gospel, but we'll continue that maybe a little later on. So Elisha didn't just see in this moment. He had to see through this whole process of years after the fact to get to the place of 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 9 to 10. And so it was, says this, when they had crossed over, that Elijah said to Elisha, ask what I may do for you. Now, this is just, to give you context, this is just, this is years after the initiation of the mantle being thrown on Elisha. Elisha had served Elijah, became his personal assistant, followed Elijah everywhere he went. Now Elisha has this, this brewing sense that God is going to take Elijah, his spiritual father, from him. And it says here that Elijah asked Elisha, ask what I may do for you because before I am taken away from you. Elisha said, please let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. This is why I said that Elisha kind of represents the church because it says of Jesus in the scripture that he was the firstborn uh, among many brethren. And that the whole premise of that firstborn was that we would get an, the inheritance from him. That's why we're called co-heirs with Jesus. We get the firstborn blessing, which is the double portion. It's the inheritance. This is why I'm, I'm drawing this uh, metaphorical analogy of Elisha representing the church. He asks for a double portion. He asks for an inheritance from Elijah. Verse 10, so he said, you have asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if you see me, once again, he had to see into it, which is the first point. If you see me when I am taken from you, it shall be so for you. But if not, it shall not be so. If you see me when I'm taken up, in other words, if you can keep your eyes on the prize, if you can keep your eyes on the goal straight ahead, if you can keep your eyes on Jesus, no matter where I go, you will receive everything I want to give you. How you perceive determines how you receive. If you are no longer perceiving Jesus as before you, you will not receive him the way he wants you to receive him. And so here Elisha is given this charge. If you see me, you'll get what you're asking for. We need to see into it. This is the first variable that I want to address when it comes to when it comes to catching the opportunities that are before us in this season we have to see into it see the opportunity see this pandemic through the many layers of it what is it doing for my family my business my personal life my relationship with, with Jesus what is it doing and how am i going to come out on top after in Jesus name in Jesus name so number 1 we see into it number 2 we sacrifice for it we sacrifice for it it says in 1 Kings chapter 19 of the same story, 21. So Elisha or Elisha turned back from him and took a yoke of oxen and slaughtered them and boiled their flesh using the oxen's equipment and gave it to the people and they ate. He ran after Elijah. Yes, he had a moment of, of, uh, 
of questioning. I can't just leave it all right away. I gotta kiss my mom, I gotta kiss my dad. Elijah kind of, in a sense, corrects him lovingly, kind of rebukes him, saying, well, listen, it's all about your willingness. If you wanna go back and do all those things, you can, but you might miss the moment. You might miss the opportunity. And it says here, in verse 21, that he turned back from him, took the yoke of oxen, slaughtered them, boiled their flesh. In other words, he burned it all. He forsook it all. He left it all. He sacrificed for what God was calling him to do. He sacrificed for the opportunity that was thrown on him. What are we willing to sacrifice in the midst of seasons of opportunity? Sacrifice feels like something. It hurts the heart. I mean, that's the really the, the premise of what we do at the end of each year as a kingdom culture family called our House of Hearts uh, year-end offering. It's about sacrifice above and beyond our normal giving. It feels like something. It's a sacrifice. That's, I believe, one of the greatest places where God breathes the greatest breakthroughs. That's why we get people in their sacrificial offering to attach something that they're believing for for the following year. Because that sacrifice, it, it hurts so much, but usually it's a sign of great faith. I'm, I'm all in, God, and because I'm all in, I'm gonna partner my faith with believing you to do something absolutely mind-blowing in the coming season. That's what Alicia did, write this down. We sow into our future, by sacrificing in the present. And this is the whole House of Hearts journey. The question is this, will we give up what we need to give up so we can pick up what we need to pick up? This is what Alicia had to go through. Will we give up what we need to give up so we can pick up what we need to pick up? He could have thrown down the mantle that was thrown onto him, but Elisha, he caught it. He accepted it. He picked it up, so to speak. At the same time, he let go of something else. And this has been Michelle and I's House of Hearts journey. You heard Michelle share last week in the announcements about how the House of Hearts year and offering has absolutely transformed Michelle and I's life in these moments of great sacrifice and the great, these great moments of being all in and sowing sacrificially, at the same time believing God to do what he's always promised he will do. I have to say this, that even three years ago, three years ago, that in this coming season, something that I wrote on my House of Hearts card three years ago that we were believing for is now coming to fruition. There are sacrifices that you've made many years ago that I believe are producing fruit even in this coming season. I said it, 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 it uh, uh, several Sundays ago that prophecies and promises that were spoken over you five years ago are coming to pass starting in October, which we just ended, and coming into the new year. I gotta tell you this, though this, these things are happening. I'm seeing them happen in my own life, but even more specifically connected to what I just said, there are things that I wrote down, that we wrote down as a couple that we were believing for three years ago on our House of Hearts card that we're actually seeing in this season come to pass. Never doubt, never doubt when you sow a seed, when you sacrifice, when you believe, when you're all in on something to go the direction that God's called you, like Alicia did in this moment, never doubt that at some point you're gonna see the fruit of your sacrifice. So two variables so far that allow us to catch the opportunities that life or God throws at us. Number one, we have to see into it. We gotta see 
beyond just the surface to see what could be and what could come out of it. Number two, we have to sacrifice for it as we see Elisha burning it all and following after Elijah. And number three, we have to serve through it. Serve through it. Serving is inconvenient. It's selfless. I mean, Elisha had to serve hard the purpose of Elijah. There was a direct connection. I'm not just saying, and and I'm not just talking about serving those around you, Uh, although that's a huge part of it. I'm also talking about serving the season. Let's talk about it in the sense of managing the season, stewarding the season, honoring the season and opportunity that's before you. But Elisha served Elijah for years, probably through a lot of hard things. We don't know all of what he went through, but he served through challenging times, challenging years. Even near the end, when Elijah was taken up, he had to keep his eyes focused. He had to keep his eyes fixed because he knew there was something for him at the end of the process. You know, serving, like I said, is inconvenient, but convenience in life always breeds complacency. And so it's the inconvenient things in life that actually breed some of the greatest breakthroughs in life. And for some of us, it looks like serving. Maybe in your current work, you're serving a manager you don't like, but if you can see into it and you've already sacrificed for the job and the vocation that you're in, even though it may be hard in this moment of serving the leaders around you or serving the manager that is above you or serving the purpose of the company that you are in, even though you have a company on the inside of you that you want to start, if you can see the value of this season as preparation, you will come out the other side with that double portion. You will come out the other side with that great inheritance because you prove Proven that you're capable of handling it. So many of us sacrifice the present preparation process for something that we think is better on the other side and we sabotage our future by sacrificing the present. I would encourage you, serve where you are at in whatever situation you are in. Family, serve your family. Serve at your job well. Serve those around you. Serve the community that you're in. Serve your neighbors. Serve, serve. Let that be at the forefront of your focus and watch what God does in and through your life. And I think most of the time, people around us, I mean, in the case of Elijah, Elijah saw what Elisha probably never saw. Elijah had the command to place somebody or to anoint somebody in his place. I don't know if Elisha fully grasped that. And this is the reality when it comes to serving those around you. Often, often, I mean, especially when it's healthy, often those around you see you in a way that you don't see in yourself. And we have to trust those around you. Yes, trusting those around us is a part of us trusting God. You can't escape that relationship. That would be like to say, you know, I'm married, I have an amazing wife. If I don't trust my wife, really, I'm not trusting God if I believe God has given me an amazing wife. A part of relationship with God is relationship with people. Now, people get scared of that. 
They're afraid of control. They're afraid of manipulation. And there is all of that. But here's the thing. When you know you are in the will of God, when you know you're following what God wants you to follow, when you know that you're on the right track and you can see that God has placed these people along your path, even if they may be wrong sometime, which they will be, even though they may make bad decisions sometimes, which they will do, you can trust that they have your best interest at heart and entrusting them around you to lift you up, to support you, to strengthen you, to help you and guide you along the journey. In all of that, it's as though you were also trusting God. And that's just scripture, you guys. It's all throughout scripture. And in the case of Elisha, he trusted Elijah with his life. He served the purpose of Elijah. He turned in verse 21 of chapter 19 and says, So Elisha turned back from him and took a yoke of oxen, slaughtered them all, sacrificed, boiled their flesh, using the oxen's equipment, and gave it to the people, and they ate. And, in ver and the same verse says this, Then he arose and followed Elijah and became his servant. And we see, uh, after Elijah is gone, he's been taken up by God. In 2 Kings chapter 3, verse 11, out of the uh, New King James Version, it says this, But Jehoshaphat said, Is there no prophet of the Lord here? that they may inquire of the Lord by him. So one of the servants of the king of Israel answered and said, Elisha, the son of Shaphat is here, who poured water on the hands of Elijah. It was almost like Elisha's legitimacy in this moment was accredited to his journey with Elijah, his serving of Elijah. It's kind of like a job resume. It's like, you know, someone's applying for a job. Let's look at your past. Let's look at, you know, who you've been aligned with. Let's look at the jobs you've had. These are recommendations. It was almost like for the king, for King Jehoshaphat, the servant had to convince the king that Elisha was legitimate because he had poured, the, poured water on the hands of Elijah. Other translations, it would say it like he was Elijah's personal assistant. This uh, this imagery was about uh, uh, sort of drawing a conclusion or or drawing uh, an illustration for the king that Elisha or Elisha served the purpose of Elijah. I want to serve those that God has put in my life. And like I said in the beginning, in my first point, when I left everything because I saw what was thrown on me and I moved to Minneapolis, Minnesota, I served and was it hard? Absolutely. Was I challenged? Absolutely. Was I corrected? Absolutely. But it made me into the man I am today. I let God take me through a process of character transformation, knowing that God would build me into a better person. I want to encourage you, serve the season, serve the opportunity, whether it comes from an individual that you believe is coming from God, or it comes from just life in general, whatever you've been given charge over, serve well and watch what God does. If I could have said these three points any other way, I would have said run, burn it all, and follow. <laughs> run, burn it all, and follow. This was the variables that I believe Alicia put into practice when he saw this opportunity that was set before him. And as we know, when Elijah was taken up, he was given a double portion and if you study the life of Elisha, he did double of what Elijah uh, ever did. Record, recorded in the history books, recorded in the Bible, double of all the miracles. Elisha did great and amazing things. And the people around saw it. Why? Because he saw, he sacrificed, and he served throughout. Like I said in the beginning, Elijah represents, in this case, 
God to us. In fact, Elijah's name means Jehovah is God. And Elisha's name means actually God is salvation. We could say that it's sort of a picture of the gospel. God being the father represented in Elijah. Jesus, the son who changed everything. Our source of salvation represented in Elisha. And God through through this mantle, through this opportunity, onto his son, onto Jesus, which is now represented in us. He threw us this opportunity to do something great, to leave an inheritance for the future. This is what we're called to do. God's called us to do greater things. God's called us in this season to see the opportunity in front of us, not as an obstacle, but as something that will prepare us and propel us to fulfilling the purpose of God within us. In Jesus' name, let me pray for you. Jesus, I pray that everybody watching right now would just have a sense, a sense of the opportunity that's being thrown at us in this season. That they would see it through the lens of, of you, God. The lens, your, that they would see it through your lens in Jesus' name. That they would see it the way that you see it. God, I pray that you would open up our eyes in a powerful way in this season. That God, you would bring out miracles out of this season. That you would bring out incredible breakthroughs for us in this season. I pray that you'd heal our hearts, that you would stretch us beyond our own ability so we can rely on your ability in this season. God, I pray that you would open up our hearts and our minds to see this season the way that you see it. I really hope that message encouraged you. You know, I believe we are in a season of opportunity. We've been saying it since the beginning of the year, and especially when this whole pandemic kind of came out in March. I just believe it's a season of opportunity, but even more than the opportunities that sometimes are maybe more obvious, there's an opportunity in front of us right now. That's an opportunity to say yes to Jesus in relationship. Jesus came not to give us a religion, a bunch of new rules and regulations. He came to introduce and invite us into a relationship with him. And all you have to do is say yes. All you're going to do is say yes, I receive your forgiveness. I receive the forgiveness that you paid for in your body on a cross over 2,000 years ago to set me free and give me new life. Romans 10 says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that he was raised from the dead, you will be saved. That's just the starting point. That's simply an acknowledging and aligning your heart with the truth of what he died to give us. And that's new life. That's a raised up life. That's a regenerated life. That's a restored life, a reconciled life back to him, which was always the plan from the beginning. I want to encourage you to say yes to Jesus today. It's the, the best decision you'll ever make in your life. And so I want to pray with you right now. If that's you and you're watching and you want to say yes, maybe you're on the fence of indecision. Maybe you're in a place where you're wrestling, searching, but you know that something's happening on the inside of you. I want to encourage you to lean into that something today. I believe it's Jesus knocking on the door of your heart saying, let me in. I want I want all of you. I want all of you. I want a relationship with you. I want you to know me because I've always known you. I want simply you to understand that I have a plan and purpose for your life in a way that you've never understood before. So if that's you today, I want to encourage you to repeat this after me. Say, Jesus, I believe you're God. I receive your forgiveness today. Today, I make a decision to get off the fence of indecision. I want to follow you. I want a relationship with you. And I want transformation that only you can do. 
in Jesus' name. Amen. If you said that, you meant that, I want to encourage you. That's just the beginning. The next step is developing that relationship. We want to send you some stuff, be a part of your journey. Please email the email on the screen if you said yes. We'd love to be a part of your journey and get you connected into the next steps to help you continue to develop the relationship that you just started today with your creator in Jesus' name. We love you. We will see you next week, Kingdom Culture. Thank you so much for joining us. I know I'm really encouraged today after hearing Pastor Sean's amazing word. And I really hope you have an amazing rest of your Sunday. So true. Don't yeah. forget to like this video, subscribe to our channel. Thank you for joining us this morning. Mm -hmm. And if you made a decision, don't forget also to email our team. We would love to hear from you and follow up with you. Enjoy your Sunday. Hope it's a beautiful one.